It's the Tiltcast, episode 381. Nerds! Nerds. And this week, guys, we talk more Days Gone. Massive nerds. Satisfactory. Dice rolling. Nerds. And a lot of news. Stay tuned. Horse chucking. Vampires. In an airplane. I wish I had a can. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Tillcast, and we are back. Oh yeah! Hey, I'm oh, Nas. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And it is—I don't what fucking date is it? Today is the thirtieth of May. Thirtieth of May in the year of our Cthulhu Lord, twenty nineteen. Um, at eight oh seven p.m. Central Time oh, in gosh. the Midwest. Not only are we a day early, we're starting recording like an hour early. An hour and a half sometimes. Yeah, um, we we. <laughs> We are yeah. way, way early. That doesn't mean that we're going to be a real long episode. We actually don't know. Uh, we, yeah, it's we never have these things planned. That's we, all. No, we had we had stuff planned. You well, have things planned because you're not going to be here. Well, as far as like what we're going to talk about, because I have, I still have no fucking clue. This is a completely unscripted podcast, which anything and anything and anything will happen. And, and we're usually about thirty to forty-five minutes of bullshit. That is That's, correct. And then about another 30 to 45 minutes of video games. And just for the record, we are very uncensored, so if you're mm. easily offended by curse mm. words, then, yeah. well, you're mm. fucked. Yeah, you're really <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we do not shy away from topics such as dildos, sex dolls, and, you know, <laughs> and the butt stuff. <laughs> the butt stuff. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anal lube. <laughs> you know, I did actually just run out of coconut oil. <laughs> I wonder why. Actually, it's when I came in today, I was trying to get the dogs under control, and uh -huh. I used coconut oil for my fat bombs, and I ended up uh, dropping it on the floor, a full batch of coconut oil. Oh, no. So I had to, like, secure both dogs while I cleaned up a bunch of glass and fucking fat. Oh, yeah. Nice. So. Um, you, you have the sun on your head there. I do. Uh, <laughs> I we, gotta, let me get the dogs for the fight. We, we had a very short foray into trying to do video recording, and uh, we have a... Uh, we have a studio light uh, that's sitting in the corner that's four, been there for about a year and a, a half. A foray that we really want to make a thing eventually. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the way that we did it wasn't quite perfect, so yeah. Well, we need a proper setup with and separate cameras. I and, hate that yeah, light, yeah. though. Every, every time that light gets turned on, it's like it, it turns... It's, it's like eyes. seven thousand lumens. It's. I mean, it's not even. It's not even that. No, that it's pretty. Bright, it's pretty fucking bright. It's uh, about as bright as a headlight in front of your face. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem was we had that light in front of a bunch the of yeah. table. We've got we were a fucking old Simba on. here. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this dog is wiggling out of control. That light was pointed basically directly into Rusty's face. Yeah. Well, I'm prone to migraines, I, and that I was think definitely if we a trigger. Had I think if we actually had that light here and we did have, you know, and we were still doing the circle table with separate webcams for each one of us, uh, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I have to stare at the camera, which is right. Yeah. So I, I look at Twitch streamers and how they do their shit. Uh, and and, they, and a lot of the Twitch streamers, especially the bigger ones, will do like a video tour of how their setup is. And there was a couple of them that have like, 
three monitors right in front of them and a standing desk so that they can move around and stuff like that. And then they show the pic- you know, show the lights that they turn on. Of course, while they're doing the video tour, they have the lights turned off so you can actually see things. With the lights on, I don't know how they could get through the day, dude. There's like these big freaking like light rings that's right behind the monitor. And if you can imagine just playing a video game with a headlight blasting you in the face, how do you even focus? Like I play games in the dark because I want to be immersed in the, you know, in the game. But when you got fucking headlights coming directly so, at you and you have to look at a camera that's I, right behind you. I can tell you that <clears throat> no. that would function much like... The super bright fluorescent lighting I work under, mm. where just eventually you get used to operating in it, and uh, it, it's it's, and it's also compounded by I am a you know, my my by me being a night walker. Um, you are you are a fucking vampire. Uh, well, I mean, I, I prefer driving at night, Wait, which I don't is mind. which is why once we figure out the details, you should. Join David and I once mm, in a while. Maybe. It depends on when you guys are actually actually going to play. Because uh, if it's at night, maybe. But well, if it's, yeah, I it, mean. It's going to be at night. I mean. We're talking about uh, we're talking about Vampire the Masquerade, which would yes. then be, you know, which right up my alley. actually, uh, towards the end of last year, released a fifth edition. They changed up a bunch of shit. Which means that all of my books are no um, longer useful. <laughs> well, they so, are for story content, just not for rules. Yeah, and that's kind of the reason for yeah. the books, is the rules. Um, actually, damage multiples and stuff like that really didn't change. It was mostly dice roll changes. But so. that's also a very big part of that. Um, yeah, I understand. It's, well, their it's dice a, system is simplistic anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, ten, ten side dice. Yeah. I still have my dice, so um, with my you know my my vampire dice, the black. Oh, you have them with you, you fucking gr- you. You are a nerd. You are an absolute <laughs> fucking nerd. Yeah, that that's right. You are a fucking nerd. Yeah, I remember these. I have the I have the, uh, the yeah. black marble dice with the uh, red numbers. Yeah. Mine are, these are really light. Though, mine are actually the mage dice. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, that came with Mage the Ascension. So yeah, these I mean these are these are good, but I don't like the indented uh, I don't like the indented numbers. I like the flat sides like these. And my uh, my dice the 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 dark marble with the red lettering. That's yeah. I mean that, anyway. and I had when I was running the game. I also had morality dice. Remember that? Yes, you did. I had a black die and a white die. Yep. Just you know, just to uh, to break some of those really weird moral situations. Uh, for my NPCs, so I didn't necessarily. I, I had a plan for whether or not they would kind of go a little crazy, or whether or not they wouldn't. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I have I have special dice, and those morality dice screwed him more times than they helped. Well, him. it also come up with some really fun situations. It and, did, and and it did. I, I I don't necessarily really want to run another so, game, but. I would definitely play. So, anybody who knows, we're not... I mean, we are a video game podcast, but anybody who's listened for a while, we are definitely multifaceted game nerds. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. All here, of us have played tabletop. Mm-hmm. Very recent, Very soon, I'll be playing my biannual game that I play. Oh, man. With the custom um, rule sets and everything else. Matt has been on the show a few times, and John from 
uh, Pupcast and Carousel mm-hmm. and picking up the yeah that's Pupcast is picking mm-hmm. up the pixels. Anyways, he's uh he'll be on the show as well or doing that as well with us. Sweet. Um, I mean we've we play all sorts of tabletop games from Munchkin to D and D to yeah I know Earl played used to um, play Munchkin at work Settlers yeah, of, Settlers of Catan. Yep, Settlers is you know it's a it's a classic. Um, I you know I pissed many we, people off. We are multifaceted, but one of Rusty's and my bigger loves um, that we found was actually the vampire games, simply because they're more storyteller centric. Mm-hmm. Um, they're much more storyteller led. Situations generally develop faster and move faster mm-hmm. um, because there's not yeah. so many mechanic rules around right. them. You're not mired down, um, which is different than most D and D campaigns. Yeah, or... no, ours is you know roll for hit location if you don't call a shot. Plus, yeah. roll for hit, then roll for damage. So exactly. Like three rolls no. every time. You this is describe your action. Now roll for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, I. I mean, I will always um, remember the horse trucker scene. <laughs> I mean, yeah, indeed, it was that. That was that exciting. Yeah. Uh, the um, the horse trucker <laughs> scene. Yeah. Yeah. Rusty decided. Uh, um, it, granted, being vampires, there are certain things you cannot get near. Right. So, so uh, some of the one of those things, more specifically, is any of any holy object that is held by a person with true faith i'm not i'm not talking the yes i believe in jesus faith the, 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 the i'm people, gonna kill you in the name of jesus faith the uh the people um, that glow uh so <laughs> so, so just he ran up you, against one of these nights yeah so to give you a little bit of context i'm playing a bruja and if you've if you've played vampire the masquerade basically or uh you know or either one of the the dark video ages. games, yeah. uh, Masquerade or Bloodlines 2, you know what a so, bruja is. Bru- bruja, I mean, at its very core, if you think of like the 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 old, Kel- you know, like the berserkers, kind of, you know, because they can go into a form yeah, of berserker think, rage. Think um, Bram Stoker's Dracula mm-hmm. mixed with with a Viking berserker, right? And you and you have a bruja. Yeah, so. So that was, I was playing with this this mentality. Of course, I recognize that on the battlefield comes this fucking dude that has uh, that has true faith and is holding a fucking holy relic, and he is out to get me. And uh, I attempt to move forward, but get repelled. And I'm uh, and I, I'm wielding two swords. Uh, my my normal my now, normal fighting. Keep stances, in mind that I've got two swords. Rusty. Rusty's range roll, yeah, was weak. It was really he, bad. He was, he was he was completely a melee character. So, I, so if, if I could get close to somebody, they'd be in shreds. But I I was I was I was not able to get close to this guy, and I was getting pissed. So he throws like, sword one. I throw sword one and t- completely his, miss. He, so his first sword, his first throw roll. If I remember right, had like three ones in it, yeah. and he fails miserably. I, 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 I throw it. And somehow it slips out of my hands and goes behind me. Uh, so I get, uh, so my character gets even more pissed at that point. Like not total fucking like rage, like seeing nothing but red, but 
I was getting pissed because I couldn't do what I wanted to do, so I threw my other fucking sword. Now, and keep in mind, too, our group also hit this group, and we were already hungry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and, and it was coming towards light, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and so we had to do this fast, hungry, and get the fucking shelter really fucking quick. Uh, on top of that, the fucking holy relic was also producing light so it was starting to fucking burn us and we were uh i i missed with my second sword and i was i just i just fucking got to the edge of like now, losing luckily control. rusty had a perk called animal kin <laughs> that actually made it so animals did not see him as a threat right, right. you know because normally horses would not because normally out. any animal is going to run from a vampire. They're going to sense the bloodlust, and they will run. Yes. Uh, um, so and it Rusty, probably would have been smarter for this one to run. Rusty, in his rage, <laughs> grabs his horse by the saddle and reins <laughs> and chucks it at this knight. I had to make a grapple roll, which I succeeded, so I grappled the <laughs> no, horse. he did just succeed. He critically succeeded. So instead of grabbing the horse by the reins and the saddle, I end up grabbing the horse by both of its legs. And I have a good enough hold that I do like a fucking three twirl and throw that fucking horse directly at the group that had the, you know, the you know holy relic and succeed with my throw. The one throw he succeeds. I succeeded by chucking a fucking horse at the, at my enemy and killing three of them outright by the weight alone. <laughs> so after so that, his character was known as Devon Horse Chucker. <laughs> so to tie in that you guys are both pretty excited for the new vampire yes. game. Oh, yeah. Out. Dude, uh, I may not be able to play a Bruja, but the new vampire game looks fucking fantastic. I, well, I, I mean, the first that. one and Bloodlines 2 were actually some of the better console RPGs that were released. And if you knew anything about the lore, you really got into those two games. And the thing is, is they weren't very super, they weren't super popular, but there's always been an Age of Darkness thing kind of going in the background. Like mm -hmm. CCP was going to do an Age of Darkness game, you know, yeah. a while back, but that kind of fell through. Uh, well, so, they decided to throw all their cards into Eve right. and continued development well, on I Eve. Well, I mean, everything is kind of slowing um, down on that, on but, that front. I mean, the world of uh, White Wolf's world of darkness has permeated everything. I mean, the uh, um, shit. What are the movies with? Uh, um, I don't know. Kate. What? Um, I, you, you're asking me yeah. about movies and names. Underworld. Now? Underworld. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Underworld was actually strongly based on those. Mm -hmm. And Super White, Wolf, yeah. White Wolf sued the studios because they saw the connections. Of course. And came out like fucking bandits. Of course. Now, if you look uh, at uh, if you look at White Wolf's uh, Hunter series, it's it is essentially what Supernatural is. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, that they, is Sam and Dean the new game. Supernatural took cues not just from that though. Right. They took cues from uh from everything from Bram Stoker's novels 
um, to uh, I mean, the Frankenstein urban, novels. Uh, the first season was like full of urban legends and shit um, like that. So it was, I mean, I, I understand where they came from, but yeah. the way that that show plays out and yeah. how Hunter plays yeah. is almost exactly the same. You could actually take Sam and Dean Winchester as a whole. Write them down on paper, make them characters, and insert them. If I was to play another hunter a game, hunter the reckoning game. If if I was to play another hunter game, or if I was to actually game master another hunter game, Sam and Dean would be in it. Yeah, because Sam and Dean would be like legendary characters that would you know show up every once in a while and just you know. Yeah. Show kind up of, on the same hunt as you, right? Or yeah. or you'd pass them, you know, pass them as they were going to a different hunt or something, yeah. and you would exchange information or, you know, or be able to call them up in a you know in a bad situation. Or they yeah. may even be t- the two primaries of the hunter network. Right, right, yeah. You, know? you just, you know, it's it, yeah. yeah. It's, we're freaking uber nerds, so <laughs> we, we are. are. Uh, that's the this this is Ru- the that's Rusty's. In my nerd out session. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> friend friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. David, we've been tossing around the idea of doing a bi-weekly or even a monthly, uh, starting a bi-weekly or a monthly game. Um, but because most of the people we know that um, have played Vampire before and enjoy Vampire um, do not live in the city directly, minus David, myself, and Rusty. Um we're looking at we're online. looking at skype or xbox live something like that uh so it would be awesome for that uh because of that i went uh extra yeah you did because he's a this, fucking, is, this, he's, is, this is this is this is jason's very long-winded approach to explaining that he created all of this in an excel sheet yes okay not Car- no, not even Excel. This is where geek I, and nerd mix. I went, <laughs> I went extra and worked on the platform that I hate. And that is Google Sheets. Oh, jeez. And I made the character sheet, and then I added to that character sheet, which of course each tab is a different character. Right. For those that no longer have dice, or if the or if the storyteller this, so chooses not to trust people to roll their own dice. Right. Then the, now he's got a random number generator that rolls dice for people. Based on the game's rules. And then rolls. you need to get a sound effect to tie to that. So I should. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Over engineering. Google Sheets, actually, I found out in. So here's a our part just of. Do a call to it every time you click this button. It, here, it runs this function plus here, plays this sound. Here's uh, the here's the real crux to try and do a dice roller in Excel or Sheets. If you do it formula based, basically what you're going to do is every time you change a cell, mm-hmm. select a drop down, whatever, it's going to rerun that formula, which means your dice roll is going to change. Now, because of the rules of the game, you have the option to re-roll dice, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, you need to, you, those numbers not to change. Right. So you have um, a script. Apparently, Google Sheets actually uses JavaScript <laughs> on the back end uh, for, mac- for macro scripting. So he learned Java. So I learned a small bit of Java code. <laughs> This? Just to set it up to 
only roll the dice roll function when that script is run. <laughs> hey, so I, I, I since applaud it's a you for learning something new. Since it's a JavaScript, mm. I haven't written JavaScript in yeah. damn near I mean, twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's, it's not I, very useful. I was a senior in high school, freshman in college, last time I wrote any JavaScript. And that was back when most everything wasn't based on Java, it was actually based on Shockwave. Right. (laughs) So, um, I could easily add a sound to this, probably. Jesus. (laughs) I mean, seriously, you could, if you wanted to over-engineer it even more. See, there's actual... That's all I do when it comes to spreadsheets, though. There's actually a, a a thing now. I remember this because I I just got a notification, and if if you've ever used the service, you might have to uh, to look into this. But I got a notification from LifeLock because I have that now. Um, that Roll Twenty, which is a service that allows you to do online maps and online online dulce, uh, dice rolling for yeah. internet play uh, for di- uh, for tabletop. Um, I got a notification from them saying that there was a data breach and that my password and everything was, you know, on the dark web now. Yay. Uh, but there are services like that that facilitate, you know, you know, map and token placing on a virtual desktop so that you can. There are. You can do that. I would rather design it all in a spreadsheet. Uh, yeah, of course. Because I'd rather not force the game group to have to subscribe no. to or buy roll 20 or it only required the person who um, built it to actually pay yeah. for it or um even um uh what's the program on steam tabletop oh the virtual de- uh, tabletop yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um oh, i think it's tabletop uh, something like that um but that's mostly just, for fucking token games just though. for character sheets character map and a dice roller why well, I want to do a that? lot of those uh, also had the for tokens. So if you were playing D and D, like yeah. the later generations, of I D&D. mean that's those programs are definitely important for like D and D, rifts, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, not so much important for Exalted anymore because Exalted kind of got wrapped up in in White Wolf, so a lot of its rules got simplified. Yeah. It, um, I don't like the token, you know, you know, anything that uses uh, minis or anything like that, because I, I really don't want to be tied to a phys- uh, physical character. I kind of want to brain it out. I want to see the, you know, the situation. Like, I, 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 you know, for the horse chucker thing, I was like, the only thing I've got left is my horse. I know that my horse is within range. I'm going to try. <laughs> so, I mean... That kind of thing is lost in a miniature uh, because you are you you have a, a harder time actually, you know. Crap. Uh, she unplugged it. <laughs> um, you have a harder time to actually you know do it uh, do what's around you in a mini. Right. But if I were going to do something like play forty k again, mm-hmm. let me buy tabletop. Oh, Let yeah. me play people online because I don't want to go through buying all those miniatures. Oh, again. right, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, just, just the minis alone for forty k is. Yeah. is but dumb. 
more so than uh, being excited about the new uh, Vampire Requiem game is the one that was announced last week mm. is another studio's actually doing an open world RPG. Oh boy. For it. Oh boy. Yeah. Hey. I'm I'm strangely okay with it as long as it's good. And the problem is that the systems were never really fully there. They got most of it, but not quite all of it. Uh, and by tying, you know, tying the game to you know to a uh, to a video game or an open world, they have rules and they have you know you have the rule set, but you don't have the the freedom of the storyteller. The you know the the nice thing about you know White Wolf Games is that the uh, the story flows you know it yeah. you have you you have your own kind of plot that you want to set out as a as a storyteller but the story can flow differently like unexpected things happen like i'm sure that david did not anticipate me throwing that fucking horse uh know. you know but the the combat situation that we were in flowed around my unexpected action um, and that's, that's kind of the freedom that you have with a tabletop and, you know, that type of, uh, that storyteller action, throwing it into a video game though, you have, you're, everything you're is scripted. So a scripted storyline. I get that. Right. So being as scripted as it is, the systems have to be in place to kind of limit you in some way, which from you know, for me gives it kind of a mixed bag. Sure, I'm ex- you know uh, I'm anticipating this game and it's you know, and being able to play a visual game, uh, you know, based in this world, you know, sounds like fun. But to me, it's also going to be kind of you know, it's still going to not fulfill everything that I want from it because the idea is that it you know the story could evolve in many many different ways. You know, you know, so I, I feel mixed about the whole idea of making games that are, you know, that are based off of tabletop um, because just that. So just kind of helping move us along a little bit. What have you guys been up to this week besides designing <laughs> the most ridiculous character sheet and dice roller ever? <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to, Jason? <laughs> so <laughs> this guy. Let's see. This guy. He has to think about it, which is I bad. saw Captain Marvel. You did? Oh. I did. I mean, it was you, good. Okay. So it it wasn't too it was bad. good. It here here's what I would say about Captain Marvel. It is a good movie. Now is it on the same level the rest of the MCU's been piloting at since Winter Soldier, really? Mm-hmm. And no. It it's closer to, you know, the first Thor movie. Well, it's a backstory, you know, so level. What do you expect? Um <laughs> so it's not quite that at that same high octane level everything else has been at. Yeah, because it's got character development. Um, but the, they have to establish her character where she's coming from, too. So yeah. um, 
I think this movie would have probably been more well-received had it happened several years ago instead of now. Yeah. Well, that's right, kind right of before Avengers. Uh, right. Well, yeah. yeah it, well, not even before Avengers. I mean, I think if it happened around the time of Guardians of the Galaxy. Black Panther. Uh, no, even before Black Panther. Really? Just like before Age of Ultron or Civil War. That's kind of where it needed to sit. Okay. I was thinking more like right after Iron Man 2. No. Because, well, yeah, that would have been even better. Right. Because then you would have gotten a lot of the, uh, uh, these are the characters kind of developed up to that point. And then, no. uh, then you would now, have had... I definitely understand why the studio didn't. There, there's going to be several reasons behind that. Mm-hmm. One, they had some some things to work out with exactly who could use Captain Marvel, um, and her main enemies, which are the Scroll, right? Um, because those are um, closer to an X Men specific property than Marvel Universe in general, because X Men dealt with them more. Um. Or uh, another side to that token is, so you've been setting up the Avengers proper. Mm-hmm. You've done character development on the Avengers proper. <clears throat> I think really they introduced, if you think about it, they introduced characters at certain points. Like they introduced Ant-Man right before Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, they introduce... Uh, Doctor Strange and Black Panther right before Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had these uh, you had these introductions happen at certain points, and I think maybe shoehorning another one in might have been too much for the studio, especially if you were going to have her sit out four movies, four or five movies, until Endgame. Yeah. You know, it, so there are certain logistics behind that, too, The thing uh, is, is when that, it comes to contracts, etc. But the thing is, is if you if you look at the uh, the whole timeline of, you know, how long she's been Captain Marvel, the idea that she's completely gone from all the movies while they're, you know, while they're building the Avengers. Yeah. And that there's no mention of her whatsoever throughout all of those movies is a harder pill for me to swallow because Nick Fury knew she existed for fucking 22 movies. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just that that's where I came from. She, sir, it probably wouldn't have fit, you know, in like Captain America, the first Avenger, because that was, or, you know, yeah. was, that was before all of this. But after that, yeah. I mean, she, well, you could have had a calling card where he tried to communicate with her and she says, I'm in the middle of this or whatever. Right. I, I get that part, too. Um, but they had a logistical decision to make. And I and I think that's probably more the reason behind why they did intro her character earlier. Yeah. It's um, just, it's not. And she kind of didn't fit the power set. Yeah. Whereas the uh, the Avengers had, had she faced. had she been there for Infinity War, it wouldn't have gone down the same way. If she hadn't, if she had been on the planet during the first invasion of New York, that would have been way different. Oh hell yeah, yeah, she'd have fucking like 
kicked Loki into space. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) especially with her power set, she would have been able to single-handedly repel the entirety of the the invasion of New York, uh, which would have changed everything about the uh the the whole dynamic you know, because Tony Stark you know only gets you know gets his mindset from his near death experience yeah. in that fight so yeah i mean that i mean so much geekness is happening right now i i followed that by watching <laughs> solo oh i'm I've, sorry i've stayed away to I've stayed away from it for so long, even though it's been on Netflix forever now. I, I, watched I actually it. watched that um, the other day, too. I watched it. I didn't mind it nearly as bad as I thought it would. <sighs> you're sitting you're sitting on a, you know, with a table of two Star Wars geeks, so... I mean, I grew up with it before Jason did. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> did you read every single novel like I have? <laughs> The expanded Star Wars universe goes all over the fucking place and is written by multiple authors. All right, guys, don't 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 um, don't don't dirty the table with your penises. So, so <laughs> here, here's what here's what I would say about this movie. Mm, here it comes. I didn't necessarily mind who they cast as Han Solo. I didn't hate him as much as I thought I might. Okay. I forget his name, but I love the dude who plays Lando. He did a good job. Okay. I'll, I'll say he lived up to Billy D. Okay. Everything else about the movie, though? Uh, oh, my God. Really? It's a stretch. Is it? You think? It's a fucking stretch. The the the, the meeting of uh, of Han Solo and Chewie. Oh my god! <laughs> and and uh, it, it was so bad, uh, right? And, and the untold story of you know of Chewie's family that's you know only kind of hinted at in yeah. that show. I mean, it. What? So here's the thing. I like it better than the first two revival Star Wars movies. Really? You liked it more than Force Awakens? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, what? We have to rescue our friend. Uh, I don't know if we can. Um, it's too far gone now. No, it's it, called trolling Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say I had uh I had a couple different issues with it. One the whole Darth Maul thing at the end. Why? Why do you need that? Um. um oh, you mean? Oh, oh there. You... There was no real way, real reason they needed to shoehorn that in. Yeah, it kind of felt weird. Um, outside of making sure that you knew that he was canon. Amelia Clark's character felt like she was there to look pretty. Yeah, I don't think she did as bad as you're saying. I think here's here's no, my personal, she did here's, here's my personal opinion a, of the movie. There I have an issue with the part. There's so period. I'm not so far into the Star Wars universe that I'm going to pick apart continuity per se, right? If I take this completely out of everything, right? It was a very fast paced movie. 
Um, that if I you can agree with. If you take a, apart the fact that he's trying to really hard to emulate a lot of uh, Harrison Ford's performance in the earlier movies and just call him a character and not say, let's say Harrison Ford was never a thing, right? And you just say, this is an origin story. Of oh, Harrison yeah. No, I have no. And he pulled that out of it and then just look at the movie that way. I, I don't have, really have that much of a problem with it. I, the pacing seems no, a lot more decent than the... Was it the very last one where they had the big casino scene that seemed oh to like God. take this weird stretch in the middle of the movie? Yeah. you just like, oh, I guess I'm going to go get me another I, tub of popcorn. I, I will say, I have, going no, on, and I have a no chase problem. Scene. I have no problem with anybody's performance, and, and my gripes are not continuity-based. Okay. My gripe is, it felt like you were trying to shoot, shoehorn in Darth Maul because you felt like you had to. Oh, okay, yeah, but I mean, um, that's like all of three minutes of the whole movie. His meeting Chewie and rescuing Chewie was actually supposed to be more around him saving Chewie from execution. Yeah. And the whole life debt thing. Yeah, so I was um, trying to figure out where the life debt came from. They totally glossed over that. Right. Like, Chewie's chosen to stay with him not because of a life debt, but just because he thinks Han is a decent person. So the the I, idea behind the life debt, from what I got from Solo, happened on the prison planet where they were uh, where they were mining ship. Uh, so the whole situation behind the life debt, I think, was played out non-verbally in that scene where. Han basically told Chewie to go save his family. And because, you know, Han had actually helped him get to the point where he could save his family. Yeah. Han, you know, then he was, you know, the the whole scene where, you know, right. Chewie butts heads. I just heads, felt like it was underplayed. It, it should have it, been played more because the life debt for between Han um, and Chewie uh, is, you know, is very central to those two characters. And you know, I had no, I had no problem with the way anybody portrayed a character. I just, I didn't like Amelia Clark's character. Right. I didn't. While I understand where they were trying to come from with Woody Harrelson's character, I did not like that character. No. Uh, in the context of the overall movie, at all. Yeah. Um, that could have been any random smuggler as far as I'm concerned. Could have been, yeah. Um, and then, um, cause the thing about Han Solo was he was a, he was a smuggler from childhood and I felt like they glassed over that part too. Yeah. Like you're just. The fact that he was more of a street it, rat. It looked more like he was, he was some street rat who didn't know anything about anything. Right. Versus actually, it the thing about Han Solo, if anybody knows anything, he was actually in the Imperial Navy and then chose to leave it. I mean, that was kind of part of the movie, too, but... Kind yes, of. but no. It was kind of. Like, I he think was, where you can give it some slack, Jason, is you have a certain aspect of this thing that you're completely glossing over. There were the movies first... And then there were books to support the canon because it didn't look like there was going to make anything ever again. And you have 18 billion books that come out after that, right? Let's think about like how many Star Wars canon books there are mm-hmm. that would be considered, you know, extra canon. There's probably two or 300 books, right? 
and he's yeah. read most of them. Yeah, and he's got a shelf full of them. And those are just the ones I kept. That doesn't count Correct. the ones I read. And so and there's a lot of canon of. that goes all over the place. And so I feel Actually, like the studios was... have more rights to collect and place things wherever the fuck they want because the canon does go all so over the place. So would you believe me if I said continuity of canon was only a problem for the first five years worth of the books and then george lucas said no uh, i'm gonna we, over uh, i'm gonna oversee we, it we can't we it, can't where i have this, more problem with this we can't of... let this go down the rabbit hole and they actually he had a team kathleen kennedy was part of that team that literally oversaw every novel every writer etc they all had to write in line. That's how anal they were about it. I, what I'm getting at is like you have stuff. I'm going to try to close this thread oh up boy. pretty quick. But you have stuff like Tolkien, right? And Tolkien was a book before it was a movie, right? Before Lord of the Rings, right? And they screwed some things up. They royally screwed the fuck out of The Hobbit. Not a big fan. <laughs> um, big fan of the book. Not a big fan of the three movie part series that just shits all over the canon. Um if you've never read the books, you never know that Tom Bombadil is a huge central part of the entire canon of all of that, and it's never, ever, ever brought to light in any of that stuff. Uh, I mean, he shows no. up once. Once, I think right? He's a very big central character in the there, universe. I think but Jackson what I'm saying chose is, to leave him out because he left him out of the first three movies. Correct, but what I'm getting at is, so like he has artistic license that he wants with it, right, yeah. at that point. But it's less; it's more of a sin for him to leave stuff out that was part of that universe than it is for somebody who you had a universe that was created in cinema first, then reinterpreted by a multitude of authors, and then reinterpreted back after they found out that, hey, people will still watch these, and then they recreated the originals again, right, and reinterpreted those ones, and then they went through and did three shitty movies, and then they did three pretty decent movies, and then they started trying to do backfill canon movies, and then realized that... People have such a strong attachment to these characters that it's really hard for them to bring in somebody who's not Billy D. Williams or fucking Harrison Ford to replay these orig these character origin stories. Well, and that's right? why and I'm so saying... Like, what, I didn't see it because I was too tied up with the fact that it wasn't Harrison Ford, and I knew it couldn't be Harrison Ford, and that wasn't logical, but I was too tied up in that. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I finally watch it. I was like, hey, that ain't bad. No, and I'm not saying that the that the movie overall is horrible. I just have my issues. With and it. I would say that for chunks of that of movie, my... it does have better pacing than the last proper Star Wars movie. No, no I will at my... least say that without trolling. Yeah, now my issues with the movie come from uh, come from the actors themselves. It's a hell of a lot better than that fucking Ewok movie. You gotta admit <laughs> that Ewok movie is straight trash. Anything's better than that Ewok like the, movie. We have forgotten that existed. It doesn't come out on anything. It's only on beta. It's like it's it's not even fully canon. Like they they yeah no they George Lucas nixed that yeah they disavowed it um along with the Christmas special yeah. So, um, but that's kind of where I'm going with that. Like, they've had way worse side stories, and, and for me, it was a solid 7 out of 10. I, I would agree. I would just, um, I would prefer if you're, if you're going to do it, don't gloss over things that are kind of central to characters. Oh, and I felt like a lot of that happened. So you know what else is going on? Huh. Storm motherfucking central here in Tulsa. Oh, geez. Hell yes. Um, you know, so like the other night, Jason texts me. He's like, hey, you watching the news? 
Yeah. Right. And of course, that, I'm I'm the fuck up. That that was that was the other thing. Like, so mm-hmm. I was getting ready to go to bed that Saturday night. I was in bed when this my is phone the night went, after the last podcast we recorded. Yeah, right. This was last Saturday. My phone went off with that fucking tornado warning like five minutes after I laid down. So you're like, fuck, I got to go look at what's going on. Yeah. So, and then they say, uh, possible tornado touchdown out in Kellyville. I'm like, okay, whatever. But then as I'm watching it, they're saying. It's not whatever for the people in Kellyville. It's it's, uh, it's getting into Sepulpa now. It's following I-44, you know, and then they start running. the projected arrival times for Red Fork District, Tulsa Hills. Yeah. Well, fuck, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So I hurry my ass up, get kids out of bed, get them in the tub, because there's no room you can go in my house that's not on an outside wall, unfortunately. unfortunately. See, yeah. when you're in the middle um, of texting me that, like, the that went off, and then all the sirens, like, fuck, the sirens haven't gone off in a while. I better do something yeah. about this. So I, uh, um, so everybody gets in there and I'm watching, I'm watching. And then they say it's, uh, um, it's near 91st headed towards the river. And I'm like, oh, it turned down the Creek. Yeah. It turned down the Creek turnpike. Uh huh. So then I'm texting Justin. So let's not out exactly that? where we're at, right. but I will say yeah. that it went down a highway that does run very close to my house, yeah. and I, thank God for Travis motherfucking Meyer. Right? Um, I've been through eight seasons of Travis Meyer in the last week, and it's been important. <laughs> yes. But like that went off, and there's an app here for the local news station that will, anytime they go live with a weather alert, will play it live on your phone or whatever. Right. So I was watching that shit, and I was on like- top of- they will actually broadcast it live on Facebook, not only on their own page, but the separate meteorologist pages. I mean, they broadcast that shit every way possible. Plus plus six different radio stations. And Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they make sure you're really fucking aware. And, of course, the sirens are blurring. And I, I very quickly grabbed the mattress off my bed, trucked it over my shoulder, <laughs> and ran down the hall to the... To have the you, laundry room. If you've ever moved a mattress, that means that he uh, he turned into Hercules for a second there. And then the dogs are, like, running back and forth, right? Like, so I, you know, they know something's going on. I grab, like, all the comforters I have in the house, throw them under there, and then I just, the dogs don't know what I'm doing, and they're not quite following me, and then Lola wants to play with Zoe, and I'm just like, no, this is not happening right now. And I scoop both of them up under each arm. And if you you guys only knew how fat Zoe's getting, um, she doesn't like to get picked up. But she knew something was wrong, and she just went limp in my arm. I just picked her up with, like, dead weight in my left arm and wiggle weight in my right arm and go hunker underneath that mattress that's tilted up at an angle in the laundry room, have my iPad on, got some Stranger Things going, going on my fucking phone. And I had both dogs under there. With me for like a fucking hour while Jason's texting me, Rusty's texting me, my girlfriend's texting me, right? Like Casey, the friends I have over at Rocklahoma are texting me, and I'm just like, you guys are at Rocklahoma, get the fuck undercover, holy shit. Yeah, it's coming up that way. Yeah, on top of that, there was a separate one headed that way. Yeah, so... So, it got windy as fuck around here, and... 
but didn't ever yeah. touch down. It skipped around, and thankfully it skipped over here. But this is in the middle of flood season on top of that. We're going through a very significant amount of flooding here. And so there's a lot yeah. to warn you about. Like, earlier that day, they were running the fucking flood sirens. Oh, yeah. So, like, these fucking sirens are just going off left and right until, like, 1.30 in the morning, I'm hunkered under the fucking mattress watching the goddamn news while I've got dogs and people texting me. And it was yeah, just a fucking trip. I mean, that, I mean, I was outside of this. I was watching it because all of this is going on south of me. I was watching it just to make sure that nothing was coming this way. But I was also, like... Yeah, texting you're Jason. Due, you're like almost due north of me, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I was texting Jason because it was coming, you know, coming close to him. Yeah, and I texted him too, and I was like, "You better be watching the news, right?" And then, you know, and then as it yeah. started coming your way, uh, I, I was basically watching to make sure where it was at, you know, in relation to your section of town. And you know, regardless of the fact that that didn't hit here, there was a lot of high wind. Oh yeah. So, so we'll let top yeah. off my chimney so and a bunch of other shit. This, right. this supercell that produces tornado that actually was on the ground for quite a bit through Tulsa along this highway. Thank God it was um, a low a low power tornado. It stayed well, no, it wasn't low power. It just it's an EF one. It stayed really close to the highway. Mm-hmm. And along this particular highway there's a lot of empty space between it and any neighborhoods or businesses, etc. But if you're on the, the fucking highway, that would have been fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but around it, so this was a full-on supercell. So mm-hmm. that means all of the winds around it, all the clouds were lowered, and all the winds around it were running at 70 miles an hour plus. They call them mesocyclones. Yes. You look it up there. If you can see it from a distance, it's a huge rotating funnel that's not a con- connected to the ground. Right. It yeah. looks cool as shit. I mean, it looks terrifying as shit, but yeah, I mean... That that tornado with the right kind of energy very well could have been a city killer. Yeah. It very if it had dropped, that would have been, have been a, a mile EF wide five plus. mile and a half wide Well, the center, tornado. the actual rotation that wasn't touching the ground was like a mile and a half wide. What yeah. actually hit the ground was about three blocks wide. Right. Yeah. And following the fucking highway, which thank so, God. Luckily the because it did follow the highway fairly closely, the majority of damage through Tulsa uh was all, you know, down trees, down power lines, etc. Unfortunately, Sepulpa wasn't so lucky. No. There was um there was actually buildings with the faces of the building ripped off this was a violent tornado even if it wasn't very wide well here's the crazy thing so an ef1 right like i was going through ba i had a massive cheat day the day after i was like beer whatever it's time (laughs) it's time it's good excuse right dodge dodge a bullet so i went i was going down to goldie's and ba ba is pretty close to me and that's broken arrow uh, it's a suburb. But anyways, um, I was going down to Goldie's a few miles away from me, and I was trying to go down one of the streets, and I got that was all blocked off. So I was like, what the hell's going on? And I see down, like, high-powered power lines, like the huge ones. Yeah. And then I cut through the neighborhood and go by one of the elementary schools there, and these, like, 100-foot power poles are all, like, down in people's roofs. Yeah. I was like, that was an EF1? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's yeah. the power of an EF-1. Well, just, well, and then and when I was driving up to work the other so, day, there's a whole bunch of trees so just mowed the to, fuck down. Just to clarify, mm. one of the, for anyone who 
who uh, hasn't looked this up before, doesn't live in this area, and isn't familiar with it, the the enhanced Vegeta scale, for the most part, uh, one of the larger factors isn't necessarily wind speed as much as it is damage done. So half of the rating is on the wind speed. The other half of the rating is on the damage. They calculate the wind speed based on radar and the damage that it deals. Mm -hmm. So you can have a quote EF one tornado. That's a mile and a half wide. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it's moving through, you know, empty country, because all they're going to go off of is, Just, for the most part, is the radar wind speed. Your grass is twisted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that could have very well been a much worse situation than it was. Yeah. Very easily. I mean, we're looking at, you're looking at wind speeds. Um, the, the, either um, way, it dodged my house by about four miles. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And it jumped north um, of me. Of, and it jumped and north then of you by about two, two and a half miles. Yeah. I know. Um, so <laughs> we were very fortunate. All of us were safe and just know all of us, knew, all of us were taking our precautions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, as soon as it was clear, I put up a, a post on the uh, Tiltcast, you know, Facebook page saying that we were all alive. Um, <laughs> Because it, it was too. pretty close. I did too. Yeah. I but mean, it, either way, that night, that meant by the time everything was done, we had children in bed. Crystal went to bed. I'm fucking wide awake again. Oh, of course. And adrenaline does that to you. So I just sit there <laughs> until like 4.30 in the morning, just finishing season eight of Travis Meyer. <laughs> Until he finally says, all right, I'm done for the night. No, Thanks. he was still going when I went to bed. Oh, really? Well, I mean, what, as soon as the tornado passed, uh, then he started doing uh, damage coverage. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, but he also kept covering that one particular cell mm -hmm. until it was out of our coverage area, <laughs> which is basically for that station is basically just west line. of Asylum Springs, Arkansas. Um, or just east, I mean. So uh, they followed that cell all the way across the straight line because not only did that particular cell drop a tornado here, it had dropped a tornado out in El Reno, mm -hmm. west of Oklahoma City. And that's the site of the uh, 2013 EF5, like, two-mile tornado. Right. Yeah. The, because the largest that, one ever on fucking that record. Same, that tornado started in... Um, in El Reno, basically uh, died for a little bit and then spun back up in more. Right. Um, oh. So uh, this was definitely one of those type of cells. Um, so that pretty much ruined my night. I was up until 4.30 because, well, by the time everything was done, I was awake. Um. Then uh, Sunday for me was basically I got stuck in that weird, I need to sleep. My body's telling me I need to sleep, mm -hmm. but I can't fucking go to sleep like all day long. And yeah, just talk about sleep is um, making me sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Monday, uh, I had I was just 
the supervisor on duty for the memorial holiday mm, fun times um so i did that when i got home basically uh we went to we went and saw captain marvel at uh, dollar theater <laughs> yeah yeah um because that's about the only way i can afford the movies did now. the seat still smell like pee no, it was uh, okay. Some of the dollar theaters around here are pretty it bad. Was clean. <laughs> um, but the rest of the week, man. Uh, oh, and then Tuesday night, we're uh, we're doing shit. I'm supposed to be at work until seven o'clock. Well, Crystal texts me at six twenty. She says, "You or she calls me. She says you need to come home now. I'm sending you a picture and hangs up. Mm. So." The picture she sends me. You guys yeah. are going to hate me for this. Yeah. Considering we're a podcast. We are a podcast. <laughs> we're and not if I could easily picture. share this online, I would. But I'm not going to. Um, Titan had an accident. Oh, boy. I saw the, I saw the aftermath. Yeah. How the hell did he... He cut the so inside of his lip? He split the inside of his lip near the corner. Near the corner. Um, right on top of the corner, in mm -hmm. fact. Um, so apparently he and his five-year-old sister were dancing around, jumping around in the living room. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, as kids do. As small kids do. And he tripped and slammed his face against the coffee table. Oh, boy. Apparently his teeth did that damage. Ouch. So two stitches. Oh, wow. Um, but that meant we were at St. Francis until like 930 that night. Oh, boy. So It just keeps know. coming. <laughs> but by, <laughs> by the time we get home, I was like, okay, I've been through, I've been through like 12 seasons of Travis Meyer now. And, and now, our own little crisis now, going on. Now I, now I'm. Now I'm starting season one of ER all over again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so that night, basically, I just, I had to deal with him until he passed out. By the time he passed out, I was still tired enough from the weekend that <clears throat> I passed out. And you slept for four days. <laughs> um, uh. Last night, I couldn't do, there was nothing I could do to keep myself from passing out. Like, as soon as I ate dinner... Gone. Yeah, uh, I, I I I completely understand. Now uh -oh. I haven't had as much excitement as as say you have. Well, so but... here's the annoying part about Tuesday. The hard part wasn't dealing with Titan or dealing with the ER. Mm -hmm. My wife insisted that she and the two girls had to go to. Oh boy. Of course, they're worried. My wife's half freaking out because, you know, he's got this, you know, half it, half inch, you know, basically hole in his <laughs> lip. Um, so, yeah, it was two stitch worthy. Yeah. She sent me pictures. Uh, you know, I was at work and she sent me pictures uh, and... Uh, I said, yeah, he got whopped good. And she's like, yeah, two stitches. And I said, boys learn through scars. 
It's just like that's that's true. That's very true. Um, But the irritant became the girls after we were sitting in the ER for an hour, Mm. and they start becoming hungry because yeah, you know, no one's eating dinner. And I don't care what age they are. A hungry woman is still a hungry woman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They all get hangry quick. Yeah. (laughs) So, really, this week, between severe weather and... Bunch of other stuff. Bunch of other family drama shit. You just just been exhausted? I've been running on empty the entire fucking time. I've been running on empty... Tonight is the first night... I'm not having to deal with shit. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? Yeah, I was going to say that I got some time with Jessa over, I guess what we would consider the weekend. Um, we got through season one of American Gods. Um, oh, yeah? We continue to find more things that we are pretty cool with together. And that's, Did you finish Game of Thrones yet? No, she's, uh, because, no, she said, everybody on the internet has ruined that fucking show for me. I don't want to fucking watch it. Watch it and turn off your damn HBO subscription. I'm pissed. That's horrible. <laughs> she's 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 pretty pissed about spoilers. I don't blame her. I've been dodging. I have everything Game of Thrones, any kind of hashtag meme, anything is blocked on all social media outlets that I have. But I'm only I only got three episodes. I just need to watch them. But I've been wanting to play video games, and so I got through a very significant portion of Days Gone. Yeah, I saw you and Trent talking about it, and. I am very close to the end. I'm trying to mop up some of the hordes, and I'm in a spot right now where I need to kill a very large horde, and uh, I'm not prepared. I need about another two hours to get ready to do it. So kind of the pacing game is, here's what I would say. Don't get too discouraged by the hordes, and don't overplan it. Um, There's a certain joy to just going a little bit cowboy with it. And most of the hordes in the north area, because I'm back in the north now, um, are small enough that you can take it out with a few explosives and uh, all of your guns plus a reload. So you're talking like maybe 50 freaker hordes. And I've decided there is a, a very major difference with these versus traditional zombies. So they eat and metabolize and shit and piss and all those things. So... A certain part of this makes a lot more sense. So there are more virus-infected than normal now. They do metastasize human flesh. So you can think of them as crazy cannibals and less like zombies because you don't have to headshot them, right? They are crazy. They still wear clothes, most of them. There are still some sort of intelligence to them. Well, there's a lot of infected animals. Um, but like one of the major telltale signs is finding large amounts of shit in the world, which tells you kind of where they nest. And they nest. Okay. So, um, let's just let's just unpack that for a second. So, to make zombies even more fucking like despicable, they had to make them like group shit in in areas. Like I'm I'm imagining like a fucking horde walking through a fucking town, and then all of a sudden, like one of them just takes a dump. And the other one's like, oh, yeah, I could probably take a dump, too. And, and well, like when you find their cave, so they they sleep 
in buildings and in caves in the middle of the day for the most part. Like you have a few wanderers, but most of them kind of hide out uh-huh. and they sit in a weird pose and then it's, that's them just kind of chilling out. But like they, the big groups of them find watering holes and then they feed and things like that. Like they find some, some of them eat other zombies. Um, like there are certain hunter type zombies that are further evolved, I guess, that eat other zombies, which is kind of weird. They're a lot harder to kill. Um, but the, uh, like, I like the natural, um, what am I trying to say? Think of it, don't think of it as a zombie, think of it as a creature, right? So think of it as a, an ant farm, right? And this ant farm runs on its own day-night cycle, has its own set of rules, has its own set of, like, feeding schedule and scavenging schedule. And they take these big groups of characters in the world and they've got them on a programmed path that's not, that's erratic. So, like, you go hunting a horde, which is kind of the thing I'm doing right now, and there's, like, three possible places they could be. So, at night, you tend to find them in rivers and streams because they're all drinking water in those. Or they may be all hunting together. So, you will see, like, a circle of crows, and you know there's a dead, some dead things over there. When you see that circle of crows, typically there's a whole bunch of them feeding on different animals that they've found. But you'll see a whole herd of deer, like, running, and then there's, like the Benny Hill train falling behind them of all the fucking zombies. Um, <laughs> or, you know, it's just, it's interesting how they move. They climb slower than you and that's their saving grace uh, for f- blowing everything to bits. But I've had it finally when I got past, like, this is hard as shit to kill a horde. And just, I like the fact that it, there's bullet penetration. So I've got a 50 cal sniper rifle that if I fire in the middle of the group, will rip through the entire group and I may get 30 kills off that one bullet. Which is cool shit. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got a Thompson submachine gun that I use quite often on big groups that works very well for bullet penetration. I've got a, it's basically a 50 cal, like almost tripod mounted gun that I use sometimes on hordes that works really well. I've got an, I don't, I use shotguns on people and I use the fucking automatic weapons in the horde because the shotguns don't have good penetration, but they take out war- larger widths of zombies so i might take out three with a shot of shotgun but i may take out six with a single shot of that thompson because it rips through that whole group so like if i can get them in a narrow corridor and just like light it up like i'm killing tons of them the xp meters just going yeah but uh i'm having a lot of fun with it i'm almost done i i do enjoy the story more or less um i do enjoy the Maybe I relate to it a little bit more because there's a lot of it about this, about finding your wife that's away, right? That's mm-hmm. dead. And uh, my girlfriend's in another state, so maybe I'm relating a little bit to that. But um, so far, I'm having, I'm having a blast with it. Like, I could continue playing this for a while. I just, and I'm at that point, that weird point in the game where you're like, I don't want to really end right now, so I'm going to do everything else but do the last couple missions that I need to to complete it. Just finish the damn game. And I really, I read something that said, hey, if you finish it, you can still go kill the hordes. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, go finish the fucking game. So Seriously. I'm, I'm really, really close to the end. All right. That's, that's, that's good. It's been, it's been, these, it, it's been fun. I know you don't like zombie games, and yeah. I know there's a lot of different rules on these zombies, but the, I feel like if you like zombie anything, unless you're just dead set on, on all of them walking all the time. This is extremely fun. It, it may be it's fun. a real nail biter when you have the horde on your tails. Like it is, it's fun, 
because it's a lot of adrenaline pumping and a lot of you trying to figure out how to funnel them. And they don't always just follow you like a mindless pack. Like they'll go out and flank you. And so you'll have some that take a different path. So now they're coming off to your right, even though this other followed you through this narrow space. Now you got stuff raining down in front of you. So now you got to like juke left, jump a fence, and then start setting like proximity bonds or landmines or tossing Molotovs over your shoulder. And you can pro tip. That's not even a pro tip, but tip that I finally figured out 50 hours in, you could hit slow time when you're throwing stuff. And I guess he like turns into the flash in real time. If this was how I was imagining it, because I can toss like three or four bombs in slow time, like spin around slow time, like toss a whole bunch of shit and then turn back around. And then it, there's like tons of them on fire behind me. It's fucking great. So um, he is in touch with the speed force. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's literally the, Upgrading your focus and stamina is way more important for your, than your help because if you are getting hit, you're fucking up. Most of the time, I don't end up using that many health kits on those hordes because I usually stay out of reach. And I, you, you can you craft these stamina tablet things that basically, basically giving yourself speed as you run, so that you continue to keep that stamina bar going. Yeah, gotta love the use of drugs in video games. Yeah, but it makes it <laughs> very easy, and you got a focus drug and a, you know health, right? But yeah. like. It makes it burn a little bit slower, plus gives you a boost. So you can run for my character right now with almost max stamina can run for like five minutes straight on a sprint. And then I can usually give myself breathing room to recoup stamina to then go back and do that. Hmm. Cool. It's it's fun. Uh, I really enjoy it. And if it wasn't for the fact that it was a freaking another zombie game, I might actually play it, but... I may right. give it to Jason to try out after I'm done. Yeah. I, it's violent, but it. maybe not. I don't know. Depends on what level of violence you play in front of your kids. Like, there's some beheadings and stuff. I don't feel like it's nearly as grisly as Dead Rising. Like, it doesn't really show off as much of the decapitation stuff that Dead Rising does because... But Dead Rising was more cartoony. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, there's arms flying all over the place, right? Right, but... You know, it's it's zombies, but I think of Dead Rising as more of like a cartoon. It's you, more like Evil you, Dead. Because you, you don't, you can't really take a game that's that has you strapping chainsaws to the ends of you know uh, of oars seriously, you right. know, or or yeah, putting you're knives using... into boxing gloves and turning into the fucking Wolverine, or you know, yeah, putting the yeah. Anyways, it's any, any it's, one of those things. Not even close to cartoony. You're just using regular weapons. Yeah. But I really like it so far, and I'm going to continue to play it till I beat it. Cool. Uh, Anybody else actually gotten some game time in anything? Fucking, I, I only play a little no. bit more Satisfactory though. With my with with Satisfactory, I'm at the point now where I'm um, I I am doing very big builds, very grand things, um, which means that each one of my you know each one of the modules that I'm picking you know building takes forever to build just to logistically move shit around and to be able to get the amount of production that I want to get done out of, you know, out of the machines. I've built a four story smelting factory that does nothing more than pull iron ore out of the ground and smelt it into iron bars. It's four fucking stories tall. Um, it doesn't, it does iron and it does, uh, copper in the same building 
and then I pipe all of the produced iron bars and copper bars to a uh, a, a main bus or a, a main line, and I'm I'm basically building all of the the infrastructure for a massive factory, and I've already laid out the the foundation for the factory floor, and it's fucking huge. Um, so once I get all of the resources funneled in and pre-produced and, you know, you know, in as efficient way as possible, I'm funneling in, funneling all of that stuff into a, uh, you know, into a massive factory. And I found out that I need a lot more power to be able to run this thing at full capacity. Uh, and, uh, so a lot of, I, I spent maybe 15, 20 hours just building the side factories that you know gets all the production materials to the spot that I need it to be. Um, you know, I have I, I'm having a <clears throat> lot of fun with that fucking game. Uh, that's that is what I was able to spend you know time on. Of course, this week's been kind of weird. Uh, I'm I'm going to be going on vacation, so you know this week has been you know preparing everything, preparing work, preparing all of my bills, preparing the you know fucking place, and getting packed, and doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing just before going you know you know going on vacation. Uh, so I didn't get a whole lot of game in, um, you know, but. The, the time that I spent was mostly unsatisfactory. Uh, still a fantastic purchase, even if, you know, you know even for, like, the, the, the base price. When you said that you had bought Satisfactory, and I said, you know, I played the early access, and I didn't mind it. I didn't, didn't get too into it in the early access, but, you know, now that I could see all the shit you can do in there, yeah... It it's it's pretty crazy. You know, I spent fucking hundreds of hours in Factorio for crying out loud. I figured this game would be right up my alley. Um, there's a there, there's a f a few games that's coming on the horizon that uh, that I kind of want to get into, but uh, haven't had a whole lot of time to touch and you know you know touch any of those games. Well, I was gonna say you've got some stuff that's. Uh, come out recently the void bastards is something i'm probably going to check out mm -hmm. um that's and there's also uh, what is that game there's a game that just came out by the make original maker diablo and i'm trying to remember what it's called and i am stuttering on it but anyways there's a game that came out that's basically like a more diablo style ter terraria made by the original Di diablo developer uh-huh um fuck i can't remember i will say it before the next break after next break but there's a game that's coming out in that it looks like terraria and diablo had a baby so super into that um faster building the terraria more focused on going down underground to fight monsters with special superpowers and super weapons and all that shit looks cool as shit um you've got the uh freaking um Battletech expansion, Urban Warfare comes out here like in a week. Uh, they Are Billions is supposed to be releasing somewhat soonish, so that's another thing on the horizon that I'm pretty interested in. Um, but, you know, it, it is summer. 
It Lurks Below. Yeah. That's the one? Yep. Hey. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I've got my eye on it. I've got in my budget for the next two checks one game, and I've got to decide between Void Bastards and It Lurks Below. Um, I'm leaning a little also, harder into Void Bastards, but it's you, 30 bucks. But I believe uh, Chaos Bane is actually coming out here. Oh, in the, fucking Christ. Yeah, Chaos Bane is the, uh, is comes the Diablo... Uh, style hack and slash game from the uh, is it the 40k universe? Yeah, it's 40k. Uh, it looks cool as shit too. You know, so that's the one that I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, it's going to come out while I'm on vacation, so I'm not going to get a chance to play it right after it comes out. But I'm going to get it. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping I'll get an opportunity to play it before the next time I record. You know, what's really fucking cool though is that we were smart enough knowing we were going to have a lot of things. I'll be in Florida um, right. here very soon as well mm -hmm. and you're gonna have a little bit of a lull you're only gonna experience a one-week lull in episodes right because we pre-planned pretty hard um and you're gonna be hearing dates three weeks ago right when you, you listen yeah. but that being said um you're gonna get full-on episodes for the most part through all of this stuff right so We're you might have had 10 day breaks between episodes so that we could over the course of two months but by that token, we're also now ahead of the game. A little bit, yeah. Um, um, the actually... new section will be interesting, so I think we probably need to make sure we're continuing to pick stuff that'll be still relevant three weeks from now. Yeah, well, I've I've kind of got some ideas behind that and stuff that's going to be you know a little bit farther. Well, we, out. And when we get back, we'll have all the we'll, E3 shit. It'll be all the E3 shit and yeah. all the stuff we've been playing and everything else, and so it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, but Jason, have you been playing anything? I didn't mean to gloss over you. Oh, no, you're fine. No, I didn't. With everything going on, um, what free time I did spend was uh, really on um, still catching Crystal up on Game of Thrones. Yeah. But we're in season eight. We're about to watch the episode Long Battle. So. Why don't we take a break? No. We'll be back. All right. Okay. Yeah, we're back. Um, we're watching trailers and shit. Yeah, there's a lot of pre uh, pre E three trailers that we're uh, we're seeing. Of course, this being recorded, you know, about a week before E three, uh, we're we're trying to make sure that we uh, we get properly hyped for certain things. Exactly, and so there's a lot going on in the uh, in the world of gaming right now. I think a Big thing to remember is that summer is going to be kind of light on release of major games and pretty heavy on release of indie games. And we'll be keeping our ear into the ground for a lot of that stuff. Like me and Rusty and Jason were just looking at Chaos Bane just a minute ago. Yep. And it looked like there was a lot of interesting things there. Yeah. Uh, the uh, They're going to be... the put Jeez. Uh, Come on, Rusty. Speak. Uh, now, they put out a, a video about what's going to be happening... Uh, and in the end game and what they're going to be releasing for content updates uh, throughout the rest of this year, um, which they, they look good. I'm not sure about the season pass because it doesn't look like it whole, has a whole lot to it, uh, but they did 
you know, did say that they're going to be putting some uh, new companions and new skill trees and a lot of uh, a lot of different difficulty modes and a, and a whole new story area by the end of the year, maybe. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, I'm interested in playing it because, man, I've been I've been scratching for uh, for another Diablo-like game that's you know. You know, this has the idea of Diablo plus 40k, and, you know, that's two different, you know, two things that I'm kind of, I, I kind of like. Um, I have a hard time getting into, you know, things like Grim Dawn because I don't have a whole lot of, uh, I don't have a, a basis. Like, I, I don't have a, a tie to it. It's a, it's a whole new situation. So Grim Dawn was just really hard for me to kind of wrap my head around. Uh, whereas going into this, I can look at it from the lens of, hey, this is 40K, so this is Warhammer. Warhammer has, I have a little bit of tie to it. Not a lot, but I can at least brain that it's, you know, Warhammer. Well, I thought the interesting thing was that there, after you beat the game, it unlocks random dungeons for you and your friends kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. To just go play and loot, which I think is a great idea. So that's that uh, reminds me a lot of the uh, like the um, the the Diablo uh, Diablo three Rift system, where you can go into you know randomly generated maps, and it has a higher chance of getting you know better loot, but at a higher difficulty, and uh, it seems quite like that. Only it's you know it can be tailored a little bit uh whereas the uh the rift system in Diablo 3 was quite random you know you can increase the difficulty level overall and just run rifts over and over and over again uh where this kind of you know you can build it so that it's it works well with parties i'm just interested if it, the single player part of that's real that works real well yeah i mean i'm because Here's what happens. I pick up. I really want to play Vermintide. Nobody else wants to play Vermintide with me, right? Right. And I got to be online at the same time as other people. Like Vermintide is like on their third expansion at this point for Vermintide Two. Right. I'd love to play Vermintide, but I don't want to invest money in something I'm not going to get anybody to play with me. And that runs. I run into that. I'm not just guilting you, Rusty. Like me and Jason run into that all the time with Division. Like we get a couple nights out of the month that we could play together. So which puts me in a spot of like single player everything God damn adulting sucks yeah <laughs> so if the single player version of that strong like i'm probably not going to pick it up right on the fourth but kind of fish around to see how that single player version of it is probably pick it up yeah um as soon as i get back i'll probably you know i'll have at least about uh, a week and a half or so of other people playing it and so i can kind of get an idea Probably watch some, you know, some Twitch while I have some time. See if I can uh, at least get a grips to uh, how uh, how well it's built. If there's any game breaking any issues, um, you know, I know of a couple people who, you know, on Twitch who play the fuck out of Diablo uh, that are going to pick up Chaos Bane, and uh, I would. Uh, I, I would value their input as you know, you know, from a uh, from a Diablo perspective, how well this game is made. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I'm still interested in picking it up, even if they say it's shit. Uh, I, I need to see it with my own, you know, see it with my own eyes. And 
Uh, each one of these games plays just a tiny bit differently. You know, like Grim Dawn doesn't play like Diablo in, you know, Diablo 3. It plays more like Diablo 2, right. uh, which isn't bad because Diablo 2 is fucking great. Uh, you know, but there's, you know, each one of these hack and slash games has its, uh, its, its own unique personality. Like Path of Exile plays differently than a lot of them. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they take, you know, take Chaos Man. Yeah, one thing I was going to say is there's a story floating around right now that uh, Microsoft is going to do their games for win- or Game Pass for PC, mm. and they're mm-hmm. going to start releasing their games under a Win32 executable so that they can start releasing games on Steam. And my speculation for that is because not a lot of people buy the PC versions of Xbox games because they're on the Windows Store. Well, yes. Um... And they can see that Steam is pretty strong at this point yes it has been for 15 years i i still have my problems with the steam platform especially considering just recently i was going through my fucking recommended for you little thing right and it started throwing freaking game porn at me like full-on like game porn I'm like, like house party and shit. Like worse than that. These were like full on game porn. Like leaves nothing to the imagination situations. Yeah. I I I was uh I was like, okay, this is not what I want from my Steam. Like, I really don't want to see this shit. Yeah, I, I kinda want my porn in the porn category in my Right. You know, for, and the fact for me, that, during my my moments of shame, but not necessarily my video game library. Right. I don't want people to see that you've been that, playing fucking porn for fucking X amount of hours. And it's you're like, game. man, better not bother him. He's baiting. Or <laughs> or even that you downloaded it. Like, well, yeah. Or or just think of the fucking achievements. Uh, just, <laughs> but from from a from Rusty a, has downloaded Lust Island. Uh, there, it's not that far off. Um, <laughs> th- yeah, so I, 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 I was taken aback by this whole thing because I know plenty of kids who play games on Steam. You know, I'm not a dad. You know, and, and I really, you know, and I, and I really don't personally overall care outside of the fact that I would much prefer not have to dig through that shit to find good games. Uh, but if they ought to just have an adults only filter that you could put on it because well, they because there's games that I'll play that have some nudity in it. Right. But it's usually more tasteful. Yeah. They it's have like an R rated game versus a, a game about, about penises. Right. So there, there's a, uh, there's a mature content filter, so I mean, you know, it'll have some nudity, like some, so like, yeah, just, you know, a situation where somebody's in a fucking shower, you know, that's considered nudity in a game. I understand that, and then they do have a filter for adult content, but the problem with the content create, you know, uh, curation on Steam is that it relies on tags. Somebody has to tag it as either nudity or adult content, you know, and when they submit it, they might not submit it with the adult content. So that would actually pass through the filters and could show up in front of eyeballs that don't need to see that kind of shit, you know? Um, 
and when I had my, you know, I had the filter set up so that I didn't have, you know, I didn't see it. It, you know, it's, it gets like 95% of the shit, but the ones that don't have the proper tags associated with the game, or if somebody fucking goes and trolls it and fucking doesn't put the tag on there intentionally, then that ends up getting through to the, you know, through the, uh, the, the content filter. And here I am looking at a fucking, you know, porn game, you know, Honestly, Steam isn't the fucking place to put that. Sure, it's a it's a big fucking, you know, content delivery system and those people who are making these games, the fucks they are, um want to get as much money as possible, so they want to put it on the biggest fucking platform they could. But honestly, like I mean, if you have to play a video game for your porn, you're you're doing something wrong, man. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm a single dude, and I know where my porn sites are, you know. But I don't want to ever have to, you know, like load up a fucking video game for my porn. Video games are for fun. Porn is for porn. You know, keep them separate. Thank you. I was gonna give you guys. <laughs> well, I think a lot of them get on there because a lot of them are made in RPG Maker. This, the, these are full-on 3D situations. Like, there's this fucking, you know, there's a game that has you, like, managing a house full of fucking, like, you know, porn girls. And they're playing with themselves. It's honestly way too much for fucking, you know, Steam as far as I'm concerned. I was going to give you something that's completely non-porn related. <laughs> Um, they are billions of something been talking about for a while initially released like December 2016 it's early access and it was simply the survival style of the game since then they've uh, created a campaign and it is about ready for release Mm -hmm. tentatively being released this coming month Um, so by the time you're hearing this it may actually already be out Mm -hmm. but here's what they've got 48 missions they've got set for the campaign 23 are about building colonies 15 about attacking swarms of infected and 10 will be tactical missions uh, final campaign so far is taking between 60 and 80 hours to complete. Oh, wow. Um, That's a lot of content. It is a strategy game, in the strategy tower defense. And so the the way this is set up is they've set up an engine that can render, 20, render and animate 20,000 units at a time. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's more than any other engine out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just Granted, they are of- hordes, but still, like, they have a... It's an interesting way that they've done it. So they're talking about that this uh, campaign and trailer and everything else is about to be released. So that was posted just the other day. And I'm pretty pumped because that's one of the ones I wanted to play this summer. And I can 68 hours at right now. My current situation is going to take me a big chunk of the summer to finish. And that's, and the, of course, that being a tower defense game, that's, you know, that single player, right? So. It is single player, and it is as a whole pause system. So, like, you just hit the space bar to pause and recommand units, and then you unpause. Yeah, you can set I... groups and all that other stuff, kind of like you could do in StarCraft, but it's sent around setting up truck points and building up an economy that can sustain itself while you can supply troops. But it's I, – I really enjoy the game. I just – I'm in that weird spot where I don't want to play any more early access anything till it's actual access. Because I don't want to burn myself out before something releases. Phoenix Point was something I was looking forward to playing here in the next few weeks, but that's been sadly moved back to September. Yeah. 
The you know early access is kind of a double edged sword. Um, the I, I burned myself out on Wasteland Two before it released on the first two missions. Oh yeah, and I had it wasn't fun again because I played it so many. I played it like nine times, waiting for it to release over the course of a year, and then it finally released. And after it didn't become as fun again for me until I got past that choke point that right. of those two missions, and that's like fifteen hours of the game. Right. Yeah. I um. You know, I, I, I had the same feeling when uh, when I picked up Satisfactory, honestly, because I was like, well. But that's due to release extremely soon, right? Well, maybe. It's still kind of, it's still being worked on. I don't think they have a full-on release date yet. Um, you know, but the uh, the the one thing that that kept me going with, uh, with Satisfactory is that they were kind of, they were saying that your current save would actually carry over. So... Uh, as as the uh, new releases are built, uh, it's not breaking people's saves, uh, which is good. I mean, it might break some of the uh, you know some of the features in your uh, in your factories when they when they make changes, but that's fairly easily fixed. You know, you just go through and remake a few things, and that's about it. Uh, so, I mean, early access is kind of a double edged sword, but. I'm I'm still kind of you know in on some of the games that come out on early access you know as long as it doesn't do the wasteland thing where it says okay well you've played what we've got so uh, come back later and we'll put out some more you know things that are a little more open ended like Subnautica for instance I didn't have a problem playing Subnautica because you could still kind of continue it didn't wasn't fully there but you can still kind of continue and explore the systems. You know, so uh, definitely story-driven games won't play those. <laughs> Hell no! Uh, but their billions only gets a you know only gets a bad mark because um, zombies. <laughs> Speaking of Wasteland Three, that's been especially with people have been worried that because Microsoft purchased an Exile that they weren't going to publish that in time or that, that was going to be affected. So yeah. far, it's I think only added to the amount of budget they have for that game and right now the last update i looked at was from may 9th and as of may 9th it's tentatively being released q4 this year uh totally in on it once they you know once they get that out that would be and this time they're not just releasing on pc they'll be releasing on pc xbox and ps4 that's kind of uh uh, another thing from being picked up from a development team i mean wasteland 2 was uh wasn't that a kickstarter yeah, this was a fig, but also they backed oh, it with yeah. fig, and sales of Wasteland Two and Torment Tides of Numenera, right? So um, and some and, indiv- independent investors on top of that. And I'm so, sure that being picked up by Microsoft kind of helped that. I'm the sure they've there. got more than double the budget. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're not well, going not from to, ground up. Not to imagine, not to imagine that uh, Microsoft Studios probably through threw in on their development team too so it's not like well now one of the they're part resource of, rich now instead of resource poor mm. well now they have qa which they didn't really have much of qa right no now they we have the people QA. that help with development testing people to help with code testing and things like that, that they didn't have before people that can check the source code and give them additional feedback from you know that that team's not real big no, but they. I'd have to imagine it was like less than thirty for Wasteland Two. But they were building the framework from Wasteland Two. They're just improving upon it for three. So they've they've got a lot of uh, a lot of the systems pretty much down already. 
So just improving upon those systems for three would be, you know, what I'm looking for. Uh, and graphically, I mean, what we've seen of it so far is, you know, far and above what we had in two. So I'd say that at least if it's on par with Divinity 2, oh, yeah. that I'm pretty okay oh, with Oh, yeah. I mean, Divinity 2 is fantastic looking, so I'm, yeah. I'm all right with that. Didn't mean to steal uh, the show there, Jason. What do you got? You're all right. So, uh, I mean, no news is news sometimes. Really? And we were supposed to have a cataclysm come to Anthem this month. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-oh. Um, uh, it is officially May 30th. And, and there no cataclysm. is... Or any news of it. Uh, um yeah, so the the whole Bioware Anthem has thing, said nothing. So Anthem is in um, a fucking uh, is in a uh, in a void. Uh, they're they're currently not talking, which is not very good. Yeah. Not a good sign for that game, especially considering it's supposed to be a uh, games as a live service situation. So. Uh, those people who are currently playing Anthem now, for whatever reason. That said, it could have it could have been that you know they've gotten late enough in the month they're like eh, we'll just talk about it E three, but that's they're not going to talk. They're about not going to talk. The nothing about E three is going to focus about. on on uh, any updates to Apex, and it's definitely going to focus on Fallen Order. They're not going to talk Anthem. No. I'm starting to think Anthem's in a bad way. No, they're not going to talk about Anthem. They might maybe throw something out there about Dragon Age. But uh, the the reality here is, is that Anthem is dead. It's, it is very much dead. Um, they are in so much you know, creative debt to Anthem right now that there is no feasible way for them to actually dig themselves out of it without, you know, doing a Final Fantasy fourteen. we're shutting the servers down to fix things situation, where they have Anthem, a Realm Reborn situation yeah. going on. It, it's just odd, you know, they were, they did all this talking up until about the, the last couple weeks of April. And it's been radio silence. Well, there's been a lot uh, of uh, of turbulence going on in the you know in the Bioware studios. A lot of the you know the the top end talent and a lot of the uh, the direction uh, is you know being shuffled. Yeah. Uh, and I can imagine EA is definitely not not happy with the whole situation. Um, it is by far the worst release that uh, that Bioware's yeah. put out, and that's saying something considering Andromeda was not very well received. Yeah. Um, it is it is currently the you know it's the whipping boy. Honestly, it's yeah. been the whipping boy for months now, but right now I think that whipping boy is very much dead. Uh, Anthem is not going much further than this. Nope. They had uh, it, they had already said that they were uh, that the um, the roadmap was completely scrapped. Uh, that you know the what they were planning on doing for that game 
wasn't going to come out when they say it was going to come out, and it's just kind of on indefinite hold. Um, it would not surprise me if Anthem does not survive the year. Um, just, you know, just because it's, you know, th- they're not going to be able to get their player base back. Yeah, no, they're not. I mean, it, Division 2 and Apex killed their player base. Well, I mean, I, yeah, but, you know, it, it's even worse in, you know, in, in ways like the Division. The original Division was... Uh, was divisive in a couple different ways. It didn't have a whole lot of story. It didn't have. It didn't in story that you know, include that story in the game. But the problem, you know, with the thing that saved, uh, saved that is, did I say division? I said I meant destiny. Um, the you know that destiny had good gameplay. Yeah. You know the problem is is that the actual bones of Anthem is bare bones it's very very breakable uh and a lot of the systems are you know not let's just say not straightforward uh you know especially with the guns being you know guns and the gun level not quite matching what you would think a gun gun level does like if you you have a gun that does 10 damage and a gun that does 20,000 damage. You would expect a gun that does 20,000 damage to kill things faster. I mean, you know, that's not currently the case in Anthem and it hasn't been changed. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just, it's in a bad way. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. then moving on from that. So this week we also got a reveal and teaser trailer for, the new Call of Duty. So, have you seen this? Like the it full. It looks pretty. Have you seen the full like on you know trailer? And uh, I I have watched a uh, a breakdown of uh, yeah. of the trailer as well. Yeah. Uh, and what they're what they're doing with uh, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare? It is uh, it's a reboot of Modern Warfare, which would be Call of Duty Four. Um, which then includes price and what I've seen of it is (laughs) this is the description that I, that I heard. Now I can't take full credit for this description. I heard it on, uh, uh, I think it was a game rigs video, but they said that modern warfare is going to be no Russian, the video game. Mm hmm. It's going to be so shocking yeah. in how things happen in that you know yeah. you know in the story and how so the enemies said, handle sure. are handled. One, the game looks extremely photorealistic. Oh yeah, um, but on top of that, things that were described from uh, from several different writers I read mm-hmm. was that you're going to have a whole lot more no Russian style uh, mission sequences. And, and if, if so, you're not familiar with the no Russian um, thing, it, it was a very controversial mission uh, where you had to play an undercover person, you know, with a uh, Russian gang uh, that was going through an airport and mowing down civilians with fucking light machine gun. Yeah. Uh, and it was, 
Uh, it was actually, when I played it, a skippable mission. At the very beginning yeah. of the game, it said, there's this mission that has that's very graphic. You can skip it if you want to. And I said, no, fuck no, I want to do this. Um, but I could see where that was very controversial. Yeah. Now, this game's going to be this entirely isn't necessarily that. controversial in the same sense as that No Russian Art was. But they are not, from everything I read, not shying away from the dirtiness of war. Well, so, like, well, you're, you you're have a to... small spec ops team, right? Mm. You're going to do missions where you're going to go in for one person. Mm. And there's going to be close personal collateral damage. Yes. It's not going to be clean. <laughs> From from what I saw, there was the the uh, the single player version of the story is going to uh, to jump around to different playable characters, yeah. uh, and one of the me- uh, missions you're going to be playing a kid that is trying to escape from a firefight, and your friends and your family are being mowed down in front of you as you're playing this kid trying to yeah. hide and escape. Uh, which, I mean, these things are only, you know, will just become more impactful based on the photorealism of the world. Yeah. The different lighting systems they're going to be using. But it's uh, just like the development had said. He he said, we're not, sh- we, we aren't making any of these decisions lightly but we're also not going to shy away from the realism of what war is. Right. And that is, and today's current climate. So, you know, an ally today can be labeled an international terrorist tomorrow. Right. You know, it's, um, you know, and they're taking that approach with some of these decisions. Mm. Um, but, Aside from that, that's not really where I was going. I was going to say, along with that trailer, we also got confirmation that they are going to support crossplay. Yes, yeah, so the crossplay is going to be pla- uh, uh, the console and PC, which yeah. I can just imagine that happening. Fucking like, uh, there's there's already crossplay systems in place for other games. It's just that Call of Duty hasn't done it for one very specific reason, and that is the controls. Uh, the control yeah. screen between a uh, between a uh, you know a controller and a person playing on keyboard and mouse. The person playing on keyboard and mouse is going to have way faster snap abilities, uh, being able to do flick shots and being able to do fucking 360s with half of a fucking mouse movement, you know, and being able to hit heads way easier. I can, I still think that it's not a good, you know, good situation, but controls for PC versus consoles, especially with consoles being coming more PC-like, I can imagine that a keyboard and mouse setup for, I, you know, for that. I started to say, that's because, the difference in that's becoming more and more negligible as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, there are, there are guys out there, there are guys out there now that, um, 
uh, that go play these tournaments. And to be honest, most of the tournaments are actually played on PC just with a controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah. You know, and there's people modding their, uh, that, their consoles to add you know, keyboard and mouse. Yeah. So. Um, so that difference is becoming more and more negligible all the time. Um, I just think it's interesting that they're choose that this is the first one they're choosing to do it with. Well, uh, doing it with a reboot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Sure. Um, I'm interested to see how uh, multiplayer is affected by it. Um, they also did say that this will be the first call of duty to ditch the season pass. Good. I mean, um, thank you. <laughs> and said that the development team will still will still be de- delivering additional content, but it will be more free maps, post-launch events, etc. Well, for the most part, uh, if I remember the the season pass, all it was was new maps. Yeah. Um, I didn't really add any new guns. Uh, it was just maps. And I think that's where part of the resistance of the last few years with their season pass was. Mm-hmm. Um was it was really just new maps it's not like it was new story content or something like that new game modes or anything like that. it was new multiplayer maps yeah well considering (laughs) there's games out there that just do like incremental changes to the same map (laughs) hey Fortnite. um you know there's no reason to you know to charge people for uh for that kind of that kind of content. Um, so that's good. Will it get me playing Call of Duty again? Probably not. I mean, I'm I'm kind of over the Call of Duty thing. I would be interested to see it from a tech perspective. I, so I am going to wait and see what it looks like. You know, I may end up giving it a go, but I'm going to wait longer. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm going to jump into it right now. Yeah, I'm, and I will I'm, never jump into it. So yeah, I'm, I'm only lo- you know interested in it because of the uh, the changes that they're doing with, uh, with the graphics and the lighting engine, uh, and how uh, realistic it's you know they say it's going to be. I, I would be interested to see what it plays like on PC and you know just to see those systems, uh, and it'd be kind of nice because. The Modern Warfare story, you know, if you played through the, the single-player campaigns, I did. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, I'm interested to see how they reboot it. But, you know, am I going to be playing multiplayer online? Probably not. I'll just play it for the single-player story, and I'm I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> um, I was over here another... snoring, so for all of you that weren't interested in that, I'm there with you. <laughs> And then another small little thing I I saw was uh, Valve is uh, uh, currently working towards uh, developing a solo Dota auto chess game. Yeah, they got the uh, the the blessing from the original auto chess creator. Um, I have not played it, uh, but apparently it's a very popular game mode for for Dota two. Um, that kind of emulates a uh, a chess vir- environment where uh, certain characters are counters to other characters. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're it, it's a fun it's a fun little mod, and you know, you know how Valve works with some of this stuff. They'll start playing somebody's mod, go, 
Ooh, I really like that. Uh, yeah. Let's see if we can't get an agreement together and make a whole game out of it. So, I just wish they would do something for them goddamn selves that's not a fucking failed card game. I know, right? Um, you know, if they put their development, you know, put some of the massive stacks of cash that they have available to them behind another fucking IP, they would, you know, I, I imagine would be I mean, get, able to do <sighs> wonderful things. Like, another portal would be fucking nice. Oh, my God. Portal. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I've already kind of... Le- left for Dead. A left for Dead, but um, I, I've kind of already taken and buried the idea of a half-life you know oh yeah i'm i'm not going to continue asking for that but i mean shit what they could do and and this is what i would be i'd be all right with what they could do is they could reboot half-life and you know and finish it that way that would would be be down for that we're never gonna get that no no but i mean they're already rebooting fucking call of duty 4 for fuck's sake yeah but it's call of duty and people will buy it but half-life They've already got a PC, like a whole yeah, but, group of the internet that would fucking lap up everything. Fucking, Steam you know the crazy thing is, is when I because of Half Life. When I talk to people half a generation before us, they, they don't, don't even have like, a fucking clue as Half Life is. And which the would be group a perfect of, time to group, actually release that the, shit. But the group of gamers like us, right, is waning. I, there's not a, as many adult gamers out there as there are younger gamers, and it doesn't cater to that audience. I don't. It would be a it's so far gone that they're pretty much better off leaving it alone because people would want to play one and two again. But see, then there's the other side of that reasoning. It's been long enough now that you could completely remaster Half-Life. Shit, you could you could even change the name. I don't give a shit. Well, the th- but you could completely reintroduce that to a new generation, rebuilt in a current engine, some story update, you know, some story tweaking and updating and like reintroduce it completely. And people would I mean, there, eat that shit there's up. an entire generation of gamers out there who've never played Final Fantasy 7 that are going to play the remaster. Yeah. yeah. They will buy and play the remaster because it has a Final Fantasy name. They may not have context for the things, but they'd be able to experience the story. It, Valve releases. I no longer have context for it because it was released when I was in a pre-high school. But I, you still kind of understand what the you know what the premise is, right? So I mean, I barely remember what's going on. I'd have to look at a Wikipedia at this. It could literally be anything at this point, and I would recognize just key components of that because it's been so fucking long. And that's the that's the actual beauty of it now. To be to be fair, I'm not advocating that you know that games that have been put out in the 80s and the 90s they all need to be remade. I'm pretty but some you know, but some of them, especially the Half Life franchise, could there, be put in there, there because are, it's unfinished. There are How about some they just games. release a new IP and get they, creative? They could, but you know, releasing a new IP completely has already failed them with Artifact. You know, that's that's the thing, is that they tried a whole new IP, and it completely bombed. And, well, and here's 
here's going to be my counterpoint to that. There are some games that were that were made back when technology limited exactly what they could be, right? The current technology at the time. Mm-hmm. Half-Life is one of those games. Yeah. It, it objectively looks like ass right now, but... Um, and there are there are many others that are that way. I'm not going to try to recall ones yeah. all off the top of my head. But genuinely, Half-Life is one of those games where you could completely remake it in a new engine, and I'm okay with that. I mean, looking at look at Elite and Elite Dangerous. Yeah. I mean, Elite was br- you know, brought out back in, when Vector Graphics was a thing. And when they put Elite Dangerous out, it was, you know, it's not a reboot. It's con- it's a continuation. It's a continuation, sure, but they used modern, well, shit, you know, modern tech for it. Look, look at Me- Mech Warrior. They reinvent themselves every ten years. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, come on now. It's I'm, I'm just, just saying, I'm just at a point where I'm pretty much over reboots, re-releases, part threes, and just want to see new IPs. And new IPs are few and far between. I I agree with you. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not advocating that all of the games that was put out in the 80s and 90s need to be rebooted. I'm just saying that some of them would be nice. And Half-Life is only nice to me because the story remains unfinished. Right, but it's cashing on nostalgia again. Like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. And, only, and I get that part, too. <laughs> I get that part, too. So did we have anything else? Uh, Death Stranding was a thing uh, that was, you know, they put out a release date. Uh, the release date is in November uh, of this year. Of I mean, there's it is. N- a number of, uh, there's at least two trailers that I saw uh, pr- uh, pre-E3 uh, that was that show gameplay. It looked like gameplay, you know, footage of, uh, you know, of Death Stranding. Uh a lot of Norman Reedus, uh, a lot a of lot Kojima, of weird, a lot of weird baby. Yeah, a lot of Kojima. Because I mean, I'm just gonna name anything that's weird as just Kojima. Kojima. Uh, because man, that man is just great at telling weird stories. I think by the time you hear that episode, E3 will have happened. At that point, we can kind of speculate a little bit more about what that game is. Yeah, because I still don't know what you do. Uh, from what I could tell. It, you, you know, walk a lot. There's a lot of walking, a lot of music so far. A lot of walking, a lot of music. So some of the some of the extra gameplay that you hadn't seen uh, showed uh, that he had different tools available to him. So uh, the base, what I got from these trailers is he's a delivery man of some sort. He's a pizza delivery driver on the moon, right? So he's a he's a pizza delivery man uh, set in kind of a uh, uh, post-apocalyptic situation because he's running around industrial areas and wide open fields and things like that uh, has to do with a extra planar entity or entities uh, and the fact that some, you know, something that has to do with babies allows him to see you by plugging the babies into a a device that allows them to kind of show these extra planar uh entities uh and it has to do with time dilation for uh for how these 
uh, these creatures actually change time based on their touch. Uh, and uh, let's see, the, the tools that he has available, he's got a really awesome ladder that allows him to scale different things and lay it down in, you know, in the physical world, as well as a repelling spike and a bunch of other cool, neat gadgets that, uh, that he's going to have access to in the game. Now, look at it from like a Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear 5 situation where there's a lot of different gadgets that, you know, that, uh, that Snake had. Metal Gear. Yeah, Metal Gear. Uh, taking his history with Metal Gear and adding it to a completely new IP and adding the Kojima, uh, I'm going to fuck with your mind storytelling. I want this game so bad it hurts. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not overly hyped about it because I mean, I just know that it's eventual. Like I, I am inevitable situation, you know? Yeah. I know it's coming. I'm not going to get overly I mean, hyped about it. Ultimately, but... ultimately the, the premise and the, and the game direction may be so far out there that nobody likes it. Oh, I mean, there's not a, but I haven't seen a Kojima game that hasn't been like fucking reviewed. Yeah, but he also had a producer before. Yeah, well, that's true. But somebody I'm interested to see said, what he wants to. Uh, somebody that do. said, "Hey, is this fun?" You know, I'm interested to see what he does with it because one of I'm Kojima's interested things to is, see what the point of the game is, and if the point of the game seems like a fun gameplay loop, yes. If the point of the game is telling this weird ass story and that's all it is, but the gameplay loop isn't fun, uh, I, it's okay. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of up in the air on the whole delivery I man am, thing. I'm pretty over hype at this point, and I'm kind of sick of just hype. So, like, I feel like with very few exceptions, I'm going to be picking stuff up after yeah. release. I I feel like, especially with uh, with this game, we've been on a hype train for the last two years. I don't think it was a hype train. It was more like he's teasing things that's bending people's minds. And he, or the way but he for does him, that is the hype train. The way he because does trailers, that's all though, people talk about. I mean, the way that he does trailers is I'm going to throw these random images, essentially, throw them out there, and he does it just to mess with people. I know he does. Oh, yeah. You know, even these, re- you know, these pre E3 release trailers. You know, giving a date for the game was secondary to fucking with your mind. You know, that was that that's the whole point of these eight minute freaking videos is what is the game? Even after two eight minute trailers, I still don't have a good grasp of what the game is. It's literally my only problem with Kojima is like, please just tell me what the fuck you're doing. Right. (laughs) I haven't really been disappointed yet. Right. But I am. I know you got shafted by uh, Konami, right? Konami, yep. Right, but that aside, like, I wonder what he's like without a producer. He could either be even better, or he could be so far off the rails into the extreme weird that it ends up being fucking unplayable. There was no rails to begin with. He had some rails in Metal Gear, even though there was a fucking unicorn. (laughs) And a flying whale. Flying whale on fire, mind you. I mean, that's like, that's Kojima's like rubber stamp. (laughs) I'm going to throw something that's completely off the wall at you. It's going to throw you off your fucking balance. That that is what I expect from a Kojima game. Sure, he may have had Konami trying to rein him in, but I'm interested to see what he does without it. I want to see 
you know, I want to see exactly how far out he gets uh, while still making a game that's playable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, it's 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 worth uh, it's worth noting. Watch those videos on YouTube. Uh, have your mind fucked a little bit more, and wait till November because uh, it looks like November is going to be a fun month. Yep. So I think with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com/tiltcast. Our YouTube channels: YouTube.com/realtiltcast. And find some friends of this damn show. Find for the love of gaming. Find NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, Cabbage, KBG, KBG. Trent release another fucking video. Maybe. And find TVGP.TV. They still do video game reviews. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.